boy. Welcome to Thrones and Scones, your weekday morning podcast where we talk Game of Thrones over breakfast. It's Tony, Hans, and Jeremy in with you today. We are hitting season one, episode one, Winter is Coming, and Blueberry. What's up, boys? What's going on? What's going on? Good stuff today. Super excited to get this first episode on the wrap. Did you say sconing on? Sconing on. Yeah, I'm a sconer. In case Get you want out to know of here this. with your dirty sconer, with your dirty sconer bastard logic. Oh, what's up? That's Jeremy, of course. Hans in as well. Salute. Hey guys. What did you guys think? Uh, it's so funny to me. This is the episode I've I've hands down seen the most, and it's so crazy every time I go back because it's like, it's such a time thing. Like you you expect. Bran and Arya are going to be super younger, like they've they've changed completely. But like Kit Harrington looks like a child in this as well. Yeah, yeah, it is weird. I uh, so I unlike you, this is only the second time I've ever watched the pilot oh, episode. No. Wow. So it was it was a huge change to go back, and I, I hadn't watched it since it pretty much came out. So I, it was a it was a big. Did anybody for else me. pick up on the fact that the Night's Watch guy in the beginning looks a hell of a lot like Matt Damon? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought that too. I had to Google. I'm like, there's no way that Matt Damon is in this, and I haven't heard it, so I Googled it, and it's like a pretty popular th- uh, theory. But the actor, I guess, is not. He's not in a whole heck of a lot, so it did throw a lot of people off. They can't like IMDb him, and they're like, is is it Matt Damon? <laughs> <laughs> is it Matt Damon? It's just Matt. It's just Matt Damon's like rogue twin. Yeah. <laughs> so there's 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 lots of crazy stuff about this episode, which we'll get into a bit. Jeremy, I mean, let's let's start with you, man. What what'd you like? What'd you not like? Uh, I I think the probably the most profound thing about the first episode for me is just I think the tone it sets in the beginning. I mm. love. Uh, uh, the, it's a beautiful show, right? It's it's caught. It's captured beautifully. Um, I love the coldness. You get like this blue hue pretty much the entire time you're watching the show yeah. and uh, we're going to talk a lot about winter and ha- and that role in the war and how that kind of sets up this first season and uh i mean i, I gotta give a uh, mad response to that because i think it's just such a cool show to begin with um um i danny jesus christ like ah. just seeing her now again like the young danny i'm like oh my god i can't like you like you're just too that's like rapey for me so I awesome. I really forgot how, uh, and this is this was my least favorite thing about the episode. I Ooh. forgot how creepy Viserys is. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's like like I understand he's supposed to be he's supposed to be this you know crazed like they're really going that he's the 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 crazy side of the Targaryen incestuous coin. But does he have to have every character flaw? Like everyone, he's got to have the weird rapey vibe. He's got to be like cunning, but also an idiot. Like he's not smart. He's just deceitful. And uh, yeah. oh, he really, he, Viserys is worse than Joffrey. Yes. Yeah, totally. Totally. And I just don't and think. Jo- and yeah. Joffrey makes you want to cock punch him every time you see him. On punch there, him right, right in the dick. Yeah, absolutely. Right in yeah, the dick. <laughs> he is the but he would like it. So I then agree. it'd be kind of like this weird moment where he'd like congratulate you or something. Yeah. You're like. Okay. I agree with you though, man. The show, I remember it looking like especially the the scene where we first see Winterfell. I I feel oh. like in my mind it's like CG, but then when you look yeah. at it, I'm like, "No, this looked it looked really good. I was impressed." Yeah, I mean, I think the overall cinematography is just I mean, this is why HBO does good shows, right? Yeah. I mean, and I'm so glad that this started on HBO. Um I mean, now we're kind of spoiled with kind of the Netflix shows we're seeing now and, and Showtime and HBO putting up quality television. But um, I think 
Game of Thrones really started that. And I think you, when you watch the first season, the first episode of, of Game of Thrones, you're going to really appreciate what quality cinematography mini movies you can get in this kind of genre. And I think it's just it's just too cool. So that's my first thing. Um, the bad. Mm, it's tough. I, it really is tough. Yeah, because I, I the first episode is, is is cool for me as someone who read the books, and I would highly encourage everyone out there to read the books. I think uh, kind of getting the prologue in the beginning, you know, you're kind of uh, seeing the wild lens, and also start um, seeing um, what the the white um, I can't think for sorry, the white mind. walkers, the white walkers. Um, yeah, like I think they did a really good job of kind of capturing that whole creepiness mm-hmm. uh, there, but. Um, I feel still like it's not scary enough. Like you should have chill, and I think that that kind of was lost for me a little bit in the beginning. So I think that's yeah, that's totally fair. I want to talk about the beginning in a little bit uh, as well because I think there were some interesting choices made with that. But I mean, let's oh. keep running through the episode, Hans. Hans, what did you like? What did you uh, What did you think could improve? Yeah, so I uh, I think I was actually expecting the show to look much worse than it did. Yeah. Going back to the original episodes, I was thinking, oh, the CG is going to just be terrible. And there was a couple shoddy CGI scenes, I think. But for the most part, production value was was surprisingly good for a pilot really episode solid. of the show. Yeah, and I uh, that was so that was probably the most surprising thing to me. Granted, like I said, there was a couple shoddy CGI, <laughs> <laughs> which we get, we still get those in the newest episodes. So. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me, I forgot how much, how much shit is going on in the episode. They introduce so many characters. It's ridiculous. They introduce so many huge plot points that uh, and not don't even end up having anything to do with the show for seasons <laughs> in the first pilot. That amazed me. So I know that, and it's so hard to bring ourselves back to this mindset, but this is really kind of going into the the crux of what I wanted to hit here, is does does that work? Like, when we're seeing this, trying to imagine that we're watching this for the first time, because I remember I was hooked right after the first episode, but I totally understand how people can fall off. And the books are the same way, because they not only reveal so much that is important and that you're going to have to quote unquote remember from the get-go but the first scene and the first chapter in the books is about characters that you're not going to see again and about plot points that aren't going to be relevant for years in the show and as the show was released for years in the real world like it seems so ballsy for a pilot and why do you guys think that that actually worked good storytelling right we're talking about great storytelling and uh and I think that's what's uh, what the difference is in, in this television show, having the longevity it's had and really kind of like connecting with so many people is because if you read the books, you really get an appreciation for the character development. Mm. And, you know, we see that in the show in the first episode, right? You're already starting to see some fine nuances and start getting some foreshadowing. And I think that really sells this show. Um, you know, I, I, I mean... We could talk about the Starks and just just the layer of complexity of, of Ned, right? And especially mm-hmm. in the first season. Um, but he already has like this grief in the beginning that kind of like carries through with him in the first couple of episodes of where he's troubled by so many things. And you you maybe for for play a little bit when you're thinking, okay, is it is it the war that's coming that he's 
constantly having in the back of mind? Is it the loss of uh, of friends, of kings that he's been involved with? Um, and I also think, uh, you know, family is a big role, right? And we're already starting to get this this whole family unit yeah. uh, that, that I think is just... It's so, it's so well done. It's so well done. Especially, I mean, we're a l- little bit ahead of a couple episodes, but definitely in the first episode, you're starting to get an idea of family. And, and I think Game of Thrones, that's that's core. It does a very good job. Like, you, you do think so hard from the get-go that, like, the Starks and Ned in particular is going to be, like, <laughs> your main characters. And, uh, again, we've seen the show, and that doesn't necessarily pan out as we might expect. Right. Uh, but, yeah, Hans, Hans, what are your thoughts? Like, do you think that this first episode is why people can't necessarily get into the show? Uh, I think <clears throat> I think it did go a bit too big for me for a first episode. Like, if I didn't already... Because when I went to watch Game of Thrones the first season, it was the whole season was already out. I didn't start watching Game of Thrones until I think season two was kicking off. And then I went back, rewatched Same. season one, and then went on with season two. But if it really would have been just a show that I didn't know much about, that people didn't tell me to watch, and I was just randomly watching the first episode, uh, granted, which most people weren't, because the books were out, people knew about it, the show was pretty well hyped, I think, from the beginning. Um, uh, so I think I think it was a little strange to go with such a broad episode, because if you think about it, and, and it really came to my, you know, it really came to me when I was trying to think of my best and worst moments of that episode is... There really, really isn't a lot of big moments in the episode. It's all just introductions sure. and just moving from one character to the one main character to the next. And I get the show has a lot of main characters and they were setting up a lot, but really the episode could have just been season one, episode one, foreshadowing. foreshadowing. The, <laughs> Which I like. Is the I, title I, I didn't the even catch this earlier. Um, foreshadowing is definitely the word. I, I feel like Jeremy said foreplay earlier. <laughs> I think he did say it foreplay. It is Game of Thrones. It's all about foreplay. <laughs> Yeah. The, it's the it's that kind of thing where you look at shows like The Walking Dead who do this who do these like expositional dumps very poorly where it's like oh if you're watching them a season at a time it's great if you're watching them episode by episode it's not good Game of Thrones has that Lord right. of the Rings quality where it's like yeah you can walk for two hours and you can just kind of go through this exposition dump but then and this was my favorite part about episode one that freaking ending ah. Let's just be honest. No one, no one saw that. No one saw that coming. It's, it's. You know, we already we hear so much about, uh, you know, the nudity in Lord of the Rings. You hear about rape and those <laughs> things. But let's just be honest. Twincest, twincest, twincest for the win. You gotta, you gotta love like that. It sets up not only the fact in the first episode that there's gonna be this contention between the houses, but then it's like, oh my gosh, there's some weird shit going on within the houses. And then Bran, who <laughs> Bran, who is like, I like the Bran most innocent the kid ever, yeah, right? Like- absolutely, gets gets just pushed, and you're like. I think that's the saving grace of this whole like thing where they're like, oh, we're just going to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. And they're like, you're going to be back for episode two just to see what the hell happens next. Yep, totally. Yeah, that that does seem to be, which is fine. I think that's good. I think that's awesome about the episode. That's one of my favorite parts is they, you know, the cliffhangers, obviously. Yep. I mean, we know down the road that we get some much, much bigger cliffhangers at much, much less opportune times <laughs> so absolutely true where, where the wait is much longer uh so i yeah i think that i think the first episode wraps up nicely and i think i think knowing that it's a long show knowing that we have a lot of seasons the first episode does a lot 
with it with its time you know like it's 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 good i'm not saying it's bad i just i, I think it i agree that it is it was a strange choice to for a pilot episode to have such a breadth of stuff yeah, going on right and so with the pilot episode being kind of like and there is there's obviously known there's some reshooting and some changes that were made i think tony you were mentioning that you had some feelings that maybe you felt worked or didn't work or maybe things that you maybe would have kept uh do you want to comment on any of that uh, I don't know if I would have necessarily gotten rid of anything because I think that the payoff of showing the White Walkers at the beginning is very good. Um, yeah. And the fact that they intro that is is really cool and kind of an interesting way to world build. I just think it, it can be that reason that people don't necessarily fall into it. Really, the only other thing that, that stood out to me in the episode as a little like, and I won't say cringy, but off, is uh, Peter Dinklage's accent does not stick right away. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, his 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 British um, tone is a little off. I noticed in the first episode. Uh, and speaking of the introduction of Peter Dinklage, this show right off the bat will tell you in most episodes there's that nudity warning, which would love to bring us to a segment called the good, the bad, and the jugglies. And uh, we really only had one <sighs> one scene of jugglies to deal with in this pilot episode, uh, which I believe is Roz, but it's it's the uh, it's the hooers that are with Tyrion. <laughs> The hooers, <laughs> which is good. I, and this, again, I, I'm trying not to go too far ahead of myself in episodes. It's not only a great scene because we get to see some, you know, some some bouncy fun. It's also a great scene because it's one of the only real moments that we get before all the shit goes down between Tyrion and um, and Jamie. Yep, yep, totally agree. All right, well, dope. Well, the episode was great. We know that episode one. We're at least score in for uh, the next one, which is, of course, uh, The King's Road, and we'll be hitting that tomorrow morning. But now that the thrones are done, we need to hit the scones, and as we mentioned, it's blueberry today. Hans, you have the blueberry scone. Where'd you get it? I got it at Collectivo Coffee. Collectivo Coffee in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yes, Of course, lovely. And uh, all right, Hans, I mean, what are your thoughts? It's all right. Awesome. Well, okay. There's uh, Thrones and Scones for today. If you want to hit up our social media, you can find us at Thrones and Scones on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keep up with us at ThronesandScones.com, and we will catch you for Season 1, Episode 2, tomorrow morning. Hans, you down with GOT? You know me. Let me tell you. So I actually didn't even say. I was kind of saving it because I thought it was coming around. I didn't say my best or worst part of my What episode. the fuck? Yeah, because I thought I thought we were just doing because you said let's talk about the good and bad, and I get that that's good and bad. But I was just kind of generally talking about the episode, just doing the, <laughs> thinking that we were still in the more discussion <laughs> intro phase. I didn't even talk about my favorite or my worst or my least. I want to hear part. it then. Yeah, so my my worst part. So I mean, some of it's fun, like some of it holds still. Like for an actual like episode, uh, from a conceptual standpoint, I think that the episode. Uh, the worst part about well, and it was actually gonna be really funny too because the worst part of my episode was the same as yours mm. i think i don't even really know because i know we just kind of generally talked about good and bad in generalities i thought we were doing more of like a literally the best scene or like literally the worst scene gotcha. type thing and we were talking more like conceptually like best good and bad right. i think which is fine but my Best scene. Uh, my best scene was the dire world. Yes, adorable. Oh, adorable. Yeah, yeah, totally. So good. I forgot. Totally. Yeah. My 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 worst scene. Any second or moment that Viserys <laughs> is on screen. <laughs> He's just so. It's so much. It's really a lot. 
It's really a lot. It's too much. It's too much. <laughs> it is. I agree with that. The direwolves are funny because they look good. Like they look, and they're obviously real dogs at this point, but they look like yep. wolves. In the next couple episodes, they do not look like wolves. <laughs> no. no. Like when they're, they're sp- yeah. spray painted uh, huskies. Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, when they get too big and when they go CG, then they look like crazy wolves. But this weird in between yeah. time right now is super funny because they're just absolutely huskies. Yeah, and then the viscera, like, I think it all sums up in the viscera, where, where you can tell they're going, like, just a bit too far, uh, is when Viserys, like, takes Daenerys, and he's like, I'd let 40,000 men <laughs> <laughs> and all their horses, too. <laughs> like this. Yeah, we were going to talk about your oh, coffee yeah. thing. I do want to, oh, yeah, I want to hear oh, okay. your scone story, too. Yeah. Okay, so I, I had already, I kind of already told you guys, but... I go, I'm looking at this, I stop at Collectivo to look at the scones. I stopped at another bakery, actually, and they didn't have any. So well, bakery doesn't have a scone. Never going to that bake. Obviously, that bake, I don't even know how the bakery's still. <laughs> Give it six months. It's know, done. Making any money or still profitable if they're not making scones. But anyway, so I stop into Collectivo, and they had three scones. They had a blueberry scone, a raspberry filled scone, and a uh, <laughs> Sounds like maple pecan scone. Yeah. So... I'm sitting there and I'm like, ah, oh, should I just get all three scones and save them, you know? But I don't need one for a while. I, I, but I'll, I'll eat the two pretty quick. But I won't need the third one. That's why I ended up asking you guys how long you think they, how long you think they last. <laughs> Seven to ten days. So then I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking about it. I'm sitting there thinking about it, and the chick at the counter, who's probably like, you know, high school age, maybe maybe college age chick, is just like staring at me. Uh, with Longingly. just, ex- just expressionless, just staring at me, <laughs> and you can tell she's she's just waiting on me to order, and and kind of getting annoyed that I'm staying there so long. So then finally, I kind of look at her. I'm like, "How long? How long do you think scones last?" And she looks at me. She goes, "I don't know, like." Forever. <laughs> <laughs> with this just sheer disgust in her voice, as if like, how could I possibly? ask anything of her <laughs> and we googled it it's not forever yeah yeah and like i said i'm no usda food safety expert it's like a couple days tops just... if you would have said that she'd been like uh i don't i don't i don't know what usda means <laughs> i do have a scone to pick as well because here's the thing we set up this idea for this episode or for the whole show we're like we're gonna have a different scone every day and my first words out of my mouth are i don't I don't think we can find that many scones, guys. And they're like, yeah, we'll be fine. And Jeremy's talking this big dick game living in Ohio where he's like, oh, there's so many bakeries everywhere, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, all right, well, my options are pretty limited. And I lay out like the three places I can get scones. One of, which is, one of which is Panera Bread. And then Jeremy comes back and he's like, I got two of the Panera Bread ones, motherfucker. No, no, no. no I got one I got one, one from Panera. One of them's one. Oh, well, yeah. still. Yeah. <laughs> Ghost Light is my um, second, yeah. Tony's gonna have to be just, just. He's gonna have to bake him. I'm gonna have to make him. him. He's gonna have to make scones. I'm gonna drive two hours to St. Louis to pick up scones. (laughs) He's like, this one came from Oregon. Yeah, I think with that said, the only other thing that we might want to bring up too is just the spoilers thing. I don't know if we've formally said we're going to be spoiling. That's a good point. But yeah, we'll add it right here. I don't think we jumped too far ahead in anything. I mean, we a little bit, but not nothing major. Here, no, I know what. Hans, put on your best official voice here and let the people know that uh, that we're going to royally fuck up if they're trying to (laughs) watch this (laughs) with no spoilers. Oh yeah, we we spoiling the shit out of this. 
that'll be like the best way to end the, the episode right there. <laughs> and it's like brought to you by Thrones and Scones, and we're spoiling, we're spoiling the shit out of this. Other funny part of that story, I left, and immediately as I left, I was so distraught by her just sheer rudeness that uh, in the car, I looked at my scones, and I was like, oh, shit, I don't even remember what flavors these scones were. And I looked at him, and I was trying to figure it out, couldn't figure it out. So I called the place back, spoke with her on the phone again, tried to change my voice so that she didn't think I was a creep, calling back, asking what flavor scones they had. <laughs> so then I called back, and I'm like, they're like, hello, this is Collectivo. She's like, you know, she, oh, she was much less excited than that. She was more like, hello, this is Collectivo. And I was, uh, and then I go, uh, and I'm, of course, I didn't, I, I didn't even know. I, I immediately panicked because I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to sound like a freaking creep because if, if I sound identical to that person, which how would sure. they know, right? But even if they suspect it, I didn't want to be that creep. So I I did, and then I panicked, and I was like, do I go a high voice or do I go low voice? <laughs> or do I go accent? I don't know. So I, like, I paused for a sec, and then finally I was like, hello, just wondering what kind of scones you guys got. Like you're in the Wild West? Yeah. So then... Uh, <laughs> So then, you know, they 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 went they went on to read me their scone flavors. Thankfully, um, yeah, it's, it's my favorite idea ever that there's this high school teenager who works at Collectivo Coffee that now knows she's like, why is everyone all of a sudden obsessed with scones when no one's even ordered one before in my entire working career? Yeah. And then she's also probably like, why did that creep, why did that freaking creep like, change his there voice this, when like, he talked to me on There's the like phone? this 40-year-old dude that came in today, and like, he ordered the scone and asked me what it was, and I was like, it's, it's like good. And it was like, well, how long does it last? I'm like, I don't know. Who, who the fuck cares? Just buy it. <laughs>